0: A 20-point lead blown. Another starter lost for the Indiana Hoosiers. Things honestly could not have gone worse on Thursday. You are Locked On Hoosiers. Your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into a far less enthusiastic episode of locked on hoosiers than we thought it'd be early on in thursday's game i'm your host as always jacob rude want to thank you for making us your first listen every single day today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts if you bet on that game i go smoke a pack of cigarettes I, i believe when we last saw the line the Hoosiers were one-point underdogs. They were seven-point favorites at halftime. That is probably a good explanation of how much this game swayed drastically in both ways on Thursday. Ultimately, Indiana falls to 1-2 in the conference. They lose 91-89 to 89 against the Hawkeyes. It's hard to really put into words everything that happened in this one. Indiana raced out of the gate in the first half. And led by I believe as many as twenty-one points in the opening minutes of the game, to be honest. Uh, it was a twenty-eight to nine lead with uh thirteen it was a twenty eight to seven lead, excuse me, with thirteen thirty-two remaining after a layup from Miller Kopp, uh a steal and breakaway layup. Ultimately they lose ninety one to eighty nine. We've seen this happen before in Iowa it never feels like a lead is safe there especially with the Hoosiers there's a there this is a complicated one to break down um the biggest and most obvious thing is that Indiana lost race Thompson early on in that first half he played uh nine minutes before going down I'm not gonna speculate on the injury you guys saw him on crutches and with ice on his knee, just like I did. It's not a great visual, but we don't really know any details about the injury. And if you're going to look at one stat for for kind of explaining this game, in those nine minutes, Race was a plus 16. IU was losing its grasp on the game a little bit, even when he was in the game. I believe it was a 10-point game when he exited. But it changed the game. It changed how IU had to play. For one, Trace was very much banged up in this one, and he had to gut it out for 38 minutes. For a second, Jordan Geronimo struggled mightily. Miller Kopp did his best in the second half. We'll talk about the lineup they finished with. IU needed Race Thompson in this game and did not have him. But more than anything, this is <laughs> injuries are just killing IU, man. This is the second important, very good player that the Hoosiers have lost. And playing without what you thought was your starting lineup, especially after you just spent two weeks where I'm sure it was a lot of Tamar and Jalen and Miller and race and trace and that chemistry you built, you're throwing new people into new roles. It's a bummer. It's frustrating. It's hard to call a game where you blow a 21 point lead, a gutsy effort, but IU has cratered and folded in situations they faced in the second half before they responded a number of times in some ways it's gutsy it's frustrating it got to that point i don't think anyone felt comfortable when iu was up 21 in the first half i think everybody knows that i mean this song played out last year in the big 10 tournament everybody watched iu jump out to a huge lead and iowa come racing back and win the game all the same so i mean I wasn't shocked it happened. It's frustrating that it keeps happening, and there's a lot of questions Indiana's going to have to answer now. This is as steep as an uphill climb as they're going to have all season. It's hard to really kind of evaluate or, or kind of look at the specifics about this game other than just being frustrated that we're in this this spot. It's a loss to to a team that hadn't won a Big Ten game even as as well as iu as iowa plays iu and, and stuff like that that was a bad iowa team that got some momentum going even when they were down 21 points and rode that into the second half where that was a back and forth game it it was frustrating if you're trying to find positives that wasn't a slow start so iu had that part figured out they didn't come out of the gates and fall behind 20 points they came out of the gates and went ahead 20 points and figured out a new way to lose. I think the the biggest things about that start is there was a lot of ball movement early on and that nobody was really standing around offensively, and that led to Jalen Hutchifino. We're going to talk about him. He did everything he could on Thursday, but he had a, a great start. They were finding trace in the post, not by simply walking the ball up the court and just throwing it into the into the post. They were swinging the ball around and getting creating angles and entries into the post that led to easy dunks. They were doing the same with race, too. Race was really important for IU. I mean, in those nine minutes he played, he was 4-4 four four from the field. Uh, or Excuse me, he played 10 minutes and had nine points. He was 4-4 four four from the field, three rebounds, an assist, a block, a steal. I mean, it... That hurt. That hurt as much as anything. Losing race because, again, it's another blow to the depth that IU had. Malik Renew continues to struggle and was largely unplayable on Thursday. He did not look good at any point when he was in the game. He played six minutes and had three three fouls and two turnovers. IU couldn't turn to him. They couldn't turn to Jordan Geronimo. He played eighteen minutes and was a minus eighteen. He did everything good and bad. 9 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks, 2 turnovers, 3 fouls, a steal. Iu just could not find five guys to consistently play well until the very end on Friday and then or on Thursday and then that was the only five guys they could turn to. So ultimately, I don't know. It's it's kind of this dichotomy where I thought Iu gutted it out, especially Trace. He was very very clearly not He, uh, If you saw the videos as he was walking off the court in the first half, he could barely walk off the court. You just had to watch him in the second half to tell that he could not move. He was very, very much ailed by that back. He did not check out in the second half. He put up 30 points, 9 rebounds, and was making all sorts of big plays down the stretch with a back that was killing him. It was very clearly hurting him in that sense. I who kind of gutted things out, but again, it's hard to say that when you lose by, or when you blow a 21 point lead and lose. So it, it's hard to really, there's a lot of nuance that needs to go into this, but at the end of the day, it's a loss when you led by 20 points. I don't want that to go under the radar or me to try to explain this away in any sort of sense. IU was up 21 points this game and lost. And that is inexcusable. They tried to find solutions in that second half. They went to a lineup of uh, Jalen, Tamar, Galloway, Miller, and Trace. We're going to see that lineup a lot as long as race is out. They did some good, but Iowa was crushing them. IU could not get stops, giving up 91 points to Iowa. We mentioned they ranked really well offensively. IU's transition defense at times was lacking. Um, They lost the, well, they ended up winning the points in the paint battle battle by two. Uh, I only had 10 fast break points, but it was a lot of early offense where they're burying guys underneath the basket, whether it was Jordan Geronimo, Miller Kopp, a guard, whoever it was. Iowa was just taking advantage of every opportunity. They had 20 points off turnovers. IU had 14 turnovers. I didn't think that turnovers were much of an issue, especially in the second half. They only had three. Uh, so I thought they handled the press well. It was just a lot of things here and there. And this this looks like a team right now that's just kind of getting worn down by injuries and playing with the burden of knowing you don't have guys available. It's a frustrating situation to be in right now. I want to talk about all the specific players, trace Jalen, all of that here in just a moment before we do that. Let's talk about built bar. If you guys are looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, you have got to try built bar. We just got through the holidays. I know a lot of people's goals are to eat healthier if you do want to eat healthier, then Bilt Bar is your kind of compromise between taste and eating healthy. And you don't even really have to compromise taste. Many times I've called Bilt Bar a candy bar because they just taste that good. You guys know the deal. It's 100% real chocolate. It's all kinds of delicious flavors. Personal favorite is cookies and cream and cookie dough. You can try all them out over at built.com, or you can get them at Sam's Club or Walmart. I bought them at Sam's Club. You can buy them in bulk there, a 13-bar box. So head on over to any of those, either of those stores or built.com and get yourself a box today. Big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the brand-new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Maybe don't listen tomorrow because they're going to talk about this game. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, here are the big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on college basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. If we're talking about specific players, it has to start with Trace, who was Um incredible. He was like I said, 30 points on 11 of 20 shooting, 8 of 10 from the, la- or from the free throw line. He missed a couple of big ones late, but if Trace is going 8 of 10 overall, you're going to take it. Are you going 17 of 26 overall on a game they lost by two? Feels like a familiar story, uh, but Trace, you cannot fault him. It. I know it's been a vocal minority. I know if you guys have been on social media, we mentioned it yesterday. You saw the note sent to him. I've seen the comments on here. If you are in any way are calling Trey soft, you don't know ball, to be quite honest. You do not know basketball. You are just trying to hate on this man for absolutely no reason. This was as gutsy as a game as he's had. He realized that IU had no options. He was out there. He saw... Uh, Trey, or he saw race go down. He saw how much Malik and Geronimo are struggling. You saw him getting visibly upset at Geronimo when I, uh, you should have had two points wiped off the board on that. And one Trey Scott where Ger- Geronimo grabbed the rim. I don't know why the officials allowed that, but it shouldn't have been uh, by letter of the law. It should not have been, but Trey saw all that. And Man, for as much as his back hurt, it didn't hurt enough to put the whole team on it because he was doing everything he could down the stretch to win this game. Incredible from him. You couldn't have asked any more of him, uh, especially considering, again, at times it looked like he could hardly move. The The big performance of the night, not to say that Traces wasn't, but Jalen hood Shafino stepped up in a huge way. Kind of his first big test being that guy offensively. 21 points nine assists three rebounds uh he only had two turnovers which he had struggled with at times played 37 minutes he looked incredible it, it was trace and Jalen were dragging indiana along as far as they could in this one uh jaylen knocked down five of eight threes if he's doing that he's going to be dangerous um but he was facilitating as much as anything and he looked confident out there running the show, passing the ball, creating for, um, creating for others and finding the open guy. I thought one of the benefits of playing with so much movement early on in the game was that, like I said, it created the openings for, um, him to find guys race and trace for dunks or find guys underneath and, and, I thought Jalen played spectacularly, easily far and away his best game for the Hoosiers. After that, it's, it's a lot of, uh, it's not as clear who the next best player was. Tamar Bates in his first start, eight points, three of nine shooting, two of four from three, four assists. He was a plus five in 33 minutes. Uh, He was only one of three Hoosiers were, who were at a positive plus minus. With race and Miller Cop. Thought ultimately Tamar was fine. Um, he didn't play quite as well as he did against Kennesaw State, but he added the element offensively that IU needed, and it looked good. I, I don't think he did anything to warrant not getting a start. He settled a little bit at times with some of his shots, but ultimately he was he was fine offensively. Trey Galloway obviously he loses a starting spot but still played a fair amount I mean six points on two of four shooting had a rebound had an assist but had four fouls had a turnover he was a minus 10 in 25 minutes it was a mixed bag he made some plays defensively at times offensively he has so many limitations that clearly aren't like, he he still has hurdles there, whether mental or whatnot. He's not going to shoot three-pointers. He only shot one, and it was a really deep one. Like, he, he still has limitations offensively that hinder IU at times. So, he was largely what he's been all season, minus the four fouls. IU, 23 fouls in this one, sending Iowa to the line. They were 22 of 25. I mean, it's not as simple as one stat. But Iowa goes 22 of 25 at the line and the Hoosiers go 17 of 26 and a game Iowa wins by 2. Um IU has a problem with fouling. They were calling them, they're gonna call them in Big 10 play. IU's had a problem with fouling since Mike Woodson's got here. He wants to play a physical brand of basketball, but modern Big 10 refs don't allow physical brands of basketball normally. I at least not. A, I don't know. Big Ten officiating is so awful, it's hard to get a grasp. But I mean, IU is routinely putting other teams on the foul line and routinely in foul trouble, non-conference and conference. Like it's an IU thing. It is not a Big Ten thing. Jalen Miller, Cop, Trey Galloway, all had four fouls. Jordan Geronimo, I mentioned. I don't want to pile on to him, but boy, that they're gonna need Jordan Geronimo if Ray Thompson's out. That was not an encouraging sign on Thursday. Somebody uh, in the chat, uh, Dylan, mentioned the delay of game. I thought it was a pretty bogus delay of game, but I guess letter by the law, it was one. He was in midair ready for the putback and the ball kind of landed in his hands and he immediately tossed it to the ref. That's Big Ten officials wanting to be involved in the game. He wasn't slowing anything down by doing that. It wasn't. He literally caught the ball in midair, like it, and immediately tossed it to the ref. Whatever, but he had enough other plays that were not great. He got buried on a couple of those early duck ins from. Um, I think Chris Murray did it a couple times. Rebecca did it a couple times. It, it was just it's too much hot and cold with Geronimo he's going to be the guy that I use going to kind of turn to as the next one up if race Thompson's really down. So he's got to be better than he was on Thursday. But again, it's just kind of this up and down nature. He's young. I mean, you expected a jump from him this season based on how he finished last season. It hasn't been there. So it's going to be a, a test for him. He's going to be thrown in the deep end here in the coming days games weeks however long race thompson might be out geronimo is going to have a bigger role and we're going to find out if he's ready for it or not he was nowhere close to ready for it on thursday a couple of i mean IU didn't really go all that deep in the second half uh they only played eight guys malik played four minutes he is a shell of the player he was at the beginning of the season. Even in that Xavier game, that was a good opponent. He played well in. Personally, I think he's trying to think through things too much right now and not play as instinctively as he did early in the year. I don't know. It's the freshman wall, maybe. He sprinted just headfirst into that thing. Other than that, I mean, we've mentioned everybody. Miller Cop. I just struggle with if he's going to be out there for 31 minutes and take three shots and one three-pointer. Part of me says, why is he even out there? But, I mean, at this point, he's a better option than some of the other forwards IU has. At the end of the day, he just simply cannot be out there and take one three-pointer. He pump fakes a lot of them. That's frustrating. It's a matter of IU trying to find him more. It's a matter of him shooting the shots when he gets them. It's a matter... I saw somebody in our twitter mentions say that they need to run plays for him. They run a zone. Iowa was. That's the whole point of running a zone, but at the same time you can find openings in the zone. So he can't go a whole game shooting one time as one of the best shooters in the Big 10. That that just everybody needs to be better for IU right now. Aside from maybe Trace, like he's the only one I can't really criticize. At least on Thursday, you couldn't criticize Jalen, but everybody else, criticize away. Um, Again, I I don't really know where the Hoosiers go from here. They have a game on on Sunday, I believe, against uh, Northwestern. It's, it's It's a Northwestern team that isn't quite as good as Iowa, but nobody in the Big Ten is a rollover, really, so it's a quick turnaround on this one. We'll talk about that. The IU women's team is also playing Northwestern on Sunday. We'll talk about both those uh, here in just a moment. So let's talk IU versus North- Northwestern on both sides. I mean, the men's side, we obviously don't know the the status of Race Thompson. Look, if he was on crutches with ice around his knee, um, it was that's not a great visual and I don't suspect that he's going to probably play on the quick turnaround on Sunday. Outside of that, I don't really want to speculate a whole lot about an injury who takes his spot as somebody asked. I wouldn't be surprised if IU goes to that smaller lineup they had at the end of the game. And basically Trey Galloway takes his starting spot. If they're doing like for like though, it's going to be Jordan Geronimo. Um, it's an open competition right now. If Geronimo comes in and plays well, it's his spot. If Trey Galloway comes in and that lineup looks good, it's his spot. Outside of that, there's a, I, it's just such a mess right now with this IU team. Ultimately, the, the starting five that we thought was going to be the starting five coming into the season is basically going to get no meaningful minutes together. And they're going to be ma- minus multiple people now for... How many games has IU been down multiple players of their starting five? Jalen, Xavier, Trace, Miller, and Race. Two of those guys have been out for multiple games at this point. So, I don't know how you overcome that part. Uh, I don't, again, I don't like making excuses when IU lost by, tw- or blew a 21-point lead but there is some reality to that, that they are losing guys at an incredible rate, that it's hard to replace them. So there is kind of two aspects to this. I i don't know. Maybe maybe IU tries some new guys. CJ Gunn has been very hit and miss. He, I mean, role players tend to play better at home. I'm not surprised Woodson didn't throw him out there on the road against Iowa of all teams, where you need your guards to be... Very careful with the ball. I mean, IU wasn't in the first half, but they were in the second half. I mean, I thought IU handled that pressure really well. Jalen and Trey and Tamar were excellent at not turning the ball over against that press. Um, I'm not certain who steps into the starting lineup, but it's a Northwestern team. Just to give you the cliff notes, is really bad offensively and really good defensively. They're the sixth ranked defense, according to Ken Palm, and 189th offensively. They have the best two point percentage, the fifth bet, or two point defensive percentage, the best block percentage, one of the best steal percentages. Just a really good defense that it's going to make it tough for the Hoosiers who struggle to score, although they put up 89 points on Thursday. Offensively, they are atrocious. They cannot score. 280th and three-point percentage, 345th and two-point percentage, uh, 339th and effective field goal percentage. These are some awful numbers. Uh, uh, 331st, I had to make sure I read that right, and block percentage. So they get blocked a lot. They don't make threes. They don't make twos. They don't make really any shots. The only things they do well are make free throws, don't turn the ball over, and that's about it. As long as that you make them shoot, it's not going to be great. But offensively, or for offensively for Indiana, it's going to be another tough challenge against Northwestern, which is not what you want coming into a game where race probably isn't going to be there. Who knows with Trace? It seems like game to game whether his back's going to be able to handle it or not. But it's just not a great spot the Hoosiers are in right now. And you would have hoped that they came out of a a two week long break in a better situation. Both physically and in terms of winning the first game out of the break, but ultimately, not a lot's changed. IU still really beat up and looks to have more problems. Still, it's a noon tip-off. It'll be on FS1 against Northwestern. The women's team will also be in action on um, Sunday. That's a 3 p.m. tip-off. You're gonna have, you can turn it straight from the men's game. The women's game will be on BTN Plus. Obviously, that one's in Northwestern. If the men's game is at home, uh, your quick rundown on this is that the Hoosiers are 40 and 39 all time against Northwestern. Again, another program that they haven't always done great against. They've, they've kind of been the the thorn and IU side at times. They won the last two games, but before that, they lost in overtime. They have a couple of overtime games in their recent contests. But this Northwestern team is really bad. Uh, they are 6-8 and eight after losing to Illinois on Thursday. They are 0-4 in the Big Ten. They've lost to Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Illinois. They've lost to every good team they've played and they've gotten blown out. They lost by 43 to Oregon. They lost by 34 to Notre Dame. They lost by 16 to Duke. Uh, they lost by double digits to Michigan by over 30 to Ohio state. Like this is just not a good Northwestern team. Off it, They are, their stats are eye popping for bad reasons. They shoot 25% from three 36, 38% from the field. They only have two players averaging double figures. This is as easy of a game as the Hoosiers are going to have in big 10 play this season. The biggest thing to watch on that side is that it is, I think we're officially on Grace Berger watch. Uh, Terry Morin mentioned on her radio show last week that this week would be really big in determining when IU got her back. I'd be surprised if she's back on Sunday, but it feels like we're at a point where any game she could return. So, Ideally, I think this would be a perfect game to bring her back in and work her back into the lineup. We won't know until kind of warm-ups and tip-off whether Grace Berger is going to be back, but certainly keep that in mind. And IU needs her back ASAP. They have struggled without her, especially offensively. We'll see if they're able to um, get her and keep rolling after their first loss of the season last weekend. Thanks again, guys, for joining us. This was a YouTube live show. I didn't mention it. If you're listening to this on the podcast, come follow us on Twitter and subscribe on YouTube so that you can be part of the conversation, be part of the chat. I was reading it throughout. I try to answer the questions that were answered. Now I want it to be a conversation. So come on through, come join us so that you can be part of these We're going to do them after every game. I will do it on Sunday. I'm just going to wait until after the women's game. But we're going to do these after every game. So be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. We'll tweet out the link when we go live. All of that stuff. But thanks again for making us your first listen as always. For your second listen, check out the brand new Locked On College Basketball podcast. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on college basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Like I said, follow us, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe wherever you're listening to us at. Most importantly though, guys, have a great Friday. Have a great weekend. Don't let this Hoosiers loss get you down too much. And let's go Hoosiers on Sunday. And as always, Elio.